So my dad passed away in 2015. We weren't talking and it took a month for his family to track me down. Before I ever knew he was gone, I started hearing from him in heaven. It consumed me. How is communication with the other side even possible? I left my corporate gig, studied with spiritual teachers on every coast, and worked with my angels to figure out the answers. Today, my mission is teaching you how to raise your vibration, shift your thoughts, trust your intuition, develop your unique spiritual gifts, and connect with your loved ones and angels on the other side. Friends, when you have these tools, life really does become heaven on earth. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host, Julie Jancis, and today we are here with Lindsay, Rita, and Carol. Um, These are three beautiful ladies that you heard in January also on the podcast. We shared a snippet from the small group that they so kindly let us share. And today we're back and we're chatting because I wanted to be able to have them talk to you about um, what it is to lose a partner, what it is to lose a spouse. When I have worked, and I've gotten the blessing of getting to work with um, so many women in one-on-one sessions. And when I work with widows, there's a very, very distinct energy of some folks obviously we don't want to move forward right like we want our person here with us um it's hard to surrender to the fact that this person is no longer with us but the very distinct energy that i was talking about is some women that i work with their their energy feels like they're willing to find the answer they're searching they're seeking they want the answer They don't want to be without their person, but they know that they still have to be here. Their energy is still here and they want to figure out how, how to move forward here. When I work with some women, their energy almost feels like it's stuck. I said quicksand before, but maybe more like mud where it's almost like their energy just cannot budge. They don't want to be here without their person. And Um, I've never been through this before. And so I can't speak to what this experience feels like. But you ladies have come together with just this such beautiful energy, beautiful community with one another. And Lindsay, you and I have gotten to spend some time together. Um, You have this amazing outlook. You've got so many great resources that you could share today with a podcast listener. You've gone to different conferences um, where they help you work through the loss and grief. Um, And I wonder if you could start us out today. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say um, both uh, the the descriptions you gave resonate with me. And I think anybody that's been through it, you know, you go through periods of both and um, you could go through periods of both within the same hour, the same day, the same month. I mean, it just, there is a lot of fluctuation. The word I use that really resonates with me is transformation because you really are kind of transforming your grief into something that's tolerable or in many cases does help um, facilitate your awakening. Uh, For me, it's been, I mean, I've always been 
open to communication. I've definitely always received communication, but it's gone beyond next level (laughs) with this experience um, because my spouse and I were extremely close. We were partners really in all ways. Um, I think, you know, one thing that I'm extremely thankful for that I think helped facilitate the description that you gave of like being able to kind of see, you know, that next, I'm a marathoner. So that next mile marker, you know, to keep yourself moving forward is um, the conversations we had before he passed. We, um, we had very, very open conversations that this was not the end. This was just a shift. It was just a transformation and change in our relationship, but it was in no way over. In some ways it was just the beginning And that has absolutely been the case. And you're right. I mean, I've dove into all the things. Um, I have always firmly believed in and gotten so much validation since I was little about, you know, the other side. So I was open to it. But um, I've actually recently been going through the I've kept a journal. Uh, Actually, I kept a journal before he passed. Like I documented a lot of the conversations that I was mentioning um, before he passed. And I just, I kept that up, which I think was, you know, is huge for a lot of reasons. Number one, it gives me something to go back to when I am having those days where I feel like I'm stuck in mud or those minutes where I'm just, you know, completely, I call it going down a rabbit hole because, um, you know, the littlest thing can set you off. And sometimes you have, there most of the time you don't even know what's coming. (laughs) Like you wouldn't even have predicted it would set you, you know, like take you down, but you need to build your toolbox to like help you like climb out of that because um, there, when you look at it, there are so many beautiful things to it. And I feel like for me, like if I'm actually thankful in a lot of ways, like it's strengthened our relationship. And um I mean, we can basically transcend time and dimensions. That's pretty awesome, you know? So when like when you take it and you step back and you look at it from that vantage point versus sometimes, you know, you're just so deep in grief, you can't see past, you know, your own face basically. Um, but, you know, if you have the tools, you prepare yourself, you know, those days are going to come, you know, those minutes are going to come. So you prepare yourself with the tools that you know are going to help you. I call it get more grounded. Like, so for me, it's like, you know, getting back out of that rabbit hole and being able to see again, you know? Yeah. So Lindsay and I live right down the street from each other. We found that out, I think, like in a one-on-one session. Um, And you and I have gotten to spend some time together. And what I have learned from you is that you and your spouse were so close. I mean, a lot of us have marriages and marriage is hard. I think Pink once said, uh, the singer Pink said, it's harder to be in a relationship sometimes than than not. And but you guys had, I think, this ideal relationship that all of us aspire to. And you guys traveled together, you hiked together, you did everything together. You started a, a really, really successful business together. I know only what it is to lose my dad and Losing him felt like I got the wind knocked out of me and I felt like I was under, you know, 30 feet of water. Um, Just, you know, you knew other things were happening around you, but immediately kind of like upon hearing about him being gone, it felt like almost like you're underwater and everything's still happening around you. 
but it felt that way for a couple of months afterwards. What was your experience with losing him? And how do you even get to the point where you can even pick yourself back up? Where did you start for people who don't even know yeah. where to start? Yeah. I mean, what I, you're, you're right. I mean, you're like the first few months, you're really just totally numb. I mean, I look back now and it's like, it's almost like a blur, you know, it's almost like I was a zombie or a robot going through the motions, you know, just trying to really survive each day. I mean, that's really as granular as it gets, like just trying to get through each day. Um, but <laughs> I actually just started going back through, um, my journal from my husband passed in October of 2020. And, um, I just started going back through my early journal entries and, I recognized so many signs from him, but it's amazing now going back through those signs and I'm catching synchronicities and signs that I didn't even catch before because I was so numb, you know? Explain that more. Explain the journal and explain, because I caught it a little bit and I know what you mean because I've talked to you before, but explain to people what that was like. So when he was passing, you started this journal. Yes. So we had throughout our relationship, we loved like the middle of the night conversations. I mean, that's how I, it's I like it's ironic. That's how like it was before he passed, because that's how it was when we were dating. Like we would stay up all night long and just talk. And um, we did that when he was in hospice. And um, I would sneak and write down like all the conversations when he would like fall back asleep. And so that I had those because I knew like, I guess on some level, my soul knew because I didn't consciously know I wasn't thinking about it. Um, but I guess my soul knew I was going to need to come back to that um, to help me heal. And I absolutely did. I mean, I, you know, you read those, like those beautiful conversations and, you know, we had, we had the the ability to have those conversations ahead of time that, you know what I mean? We were going to stay connected and that this was, you know, just temporary. So for me, um, because I'd started the journal, when he was sick, I just kept it up. So as soon as I started getting signs, like 1111 was always huge with him when he was physically here. So that was a super early sign that I would literally get every single day. Um, and like generally, like my phone could be sitting somewhere and it would just completely light up, you know, um, just so many things. Um, he used, he's used my phone a lot for communication, but anytime I had those and I had a ton. And I didn't really realize this until I went back to my journaling. I've, I've had, I've been blessed with a ton of dream visitations in general with him. Um, but oh my gosh, they were so concentrated early on. And I'm so glad I literally would get up in the middle of the night and write down all the details. And again, that's something that you can, you know, kind of have and hold secret that you can come back to when you're not feeling good or when you're questioning or when you get caught up in like, you know, the everyday nonsense that doesn't really matter. And you need to get yourself back to like what the truth is, you know? So what a lot of women ask me, and I've talked to you about this before, and I think that they'd really like to hear your answer on this is how do you know what's a sign and what's not? And we've talked a lot about this, but it's not like you're just 
trying to like make stuff up to make stuff up, you see things and you know it has meaning. Can you describe that to people of like how you piece it together for yourself? My answer to that would be if your immediate inclination and intuition is that it's a sign, it's a sign. If you were then coming back to it later and questioning it and creating doubt, that's where the mistake is. It's not in, you know, whether it's not trying to prove it or, you know, it, if you viscerally knew um, on a deep level that it was a sign out of the gate, that's the right, that's the answer. That's the truth. Um, it's, you know, that questioning, like you always talk about your egoic mind coming in and, you know, wreaking havoc on things that really are truth, you know? Um, so if you, if something immediately resonates with you, I mean, there's some things that like, and it's not in a negative way, but they'll bring me to tears. You know, I just got a, like a huge series of signs from him on uh, Sunday, this past Sunday. And, um, I, it, it brought me to tears, but they were joyful tears, but, but, I felt it. Like, I mean, my whole body was lit up. I knew, you know, that it was him sending me messages. Yeah. You feel that. 110%. Um, no, I know, I know that, but I wanted you to be able to share that with people because you and I have talked about this before, but when you see it as a sign and you feel it within yourself, you can't question it. You just have to roll with that. Yeah. It's just like if you are at like an empty parking lot and you have a bad feeling about walking up to your car by yourself and you know, you shouldn't do it because it doesn't feel safe. Your, you, your body is telling you, your physical body is telling you something. It's the same thing. Your, your body knows, you know, and so you just have to trust that first instinct and not override it. Yeah. So I want to jump over to Carol and to Rita, and I want to kind of get your input too for women um, or or just people in general who are going through a loss and grief. What has been your biggest support system in order to or have you have you kind of made that choice to move forward? And how did you make that? Where are you at now? Want to start with Rita? Um, I just want to say everyone's experience is so different. And my experience was 25 years with the first man that I ever loved. First man I ever dated more than three months. And it was kind of like Carol's. We did everything together. We were both in the school system. So we had summers off. We could just spend our days together. And Mine, unlike Carol, or excuse me, unlike Lindsay's, was um, sudden. And there was no time to say goodbye or thoughts of afterlife or anything. And so I would say my quicksand or mud lasted quite a bit longer than Lindsay's. And I became physically sick because of it. And there was a conscious effort that I had to move forward. And if I wouldn't have moved forward, I would have been really sick. How did you get to that point though? Like how, how did you make that decision within you? Um, I found your podcast. Wow. And I knew that I needed to speak with him. And so I made a conscious decision that I was going to go see a medium. Yeah. And that's when 
I opened up to communication with the other side. Now, we talked about this before. No. I didn't know that. No. Wow. So, um, and then it was a conscious effort to move forward because I never, ever, ever wanted to be in that dark place again. And so my support then started with my media. And I've only visited with her three times in two years. But it was enough to get me started and to know that I could communicate with him. And then when I would listen to you, I knew that I could learn to communicate with Tom without a medium and by learning the signs. And so um, I garden, I garden all year long. And so I would be in nature and see signs. And his very first sign was a rock, a, a heart. And there was a heart in a flower. And then um, I went on a nature hike with my friend who also lost her sister. And we saw a butterfly and we just said, so she said, who, who do you think that is? And I said, that's your sister. And she goes, I thought so too. And I said, but Tom will come to me as a heart, a heart rock. And she's like, how do you know that? And I said, I don't know. I just do. And she goes, well, have you ever found one? I go, no, but I've, I have one in mind. And it took maybe, um, maybe on our sixth mile hike up this mountain and down, I, I go, oh, there it is. And just bent over and found this precious rock. I was going to bring it tonight. And um, that was my first sign, real sign, when I asked for it. Friends, when you buy a ticket to one of my upcoming events, you're not only learning more about your angels, but you also get to support this podcast. In February, we're going through the Oneness course all together. This teaches you the basics of connecting with the other side. On February 26th, I'm teaching a workshop called How to Become an Expert at Automatic Writing, which is another fundamental tool in connecting with your loved ones and angels in heaven. You can sign up for my course, Angel Communication Part 1, which begins March 1st to help you hear, see, feel, and know the angels on your spirit team. On March 7th, I'm leading a group healing event on Zoom called Surrendering to God's Healing Hand with Archangel Sandalfun. And on March 26th, I'm teaching a workshop event called Signs and Angel Numbers, a divine guide to clearly understanding your angels. Friends, angel members automatically get access to all of these courses, events, and more each month. We're closing the angel membership registration on February 28th. To join the membership or buy an individual event ticket, visit my website, theangelmedium.com. Friends, thank you so much for supporting this show by making a purchase. Now let's hop back into this episode.
And now, um, and now he does give me signs whenever I ask. Um, I went on a trip over Christmas and I had asked before Christmas in one of our classes for a sign. And um, I was out in Seattle and I went to the wharf and I'm not sure. Let me try and get this here. Can you see it? Okay, I had asked for a pig with cat-like stripes. (laughs) If you guys are watching this on YouTube, she's holding it up. And it looks like a pig, you know, like a pig with cat stripes. And it's a blown glass. It's in this really expensive store that we chose. We went into three stores the whole time we were down there. And as I was walking by, I was like, oh, my God, he's here. And I had to stop and take a picture. And that was the second pig with cat-like stripes I had seen. I saw one right before Christmas and then this one. <laughs> and it was totally different. I mean, the other one was, well, he was a, a reindeer, <laughs> but it was a pig with cat-like stripes in a movie. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so how has your communication with him increased and increased since you started looking for signs? That I'm so glad you said that because, for instance, my daughter doesn't get signs, but I think it's because she says she doesn't get signs. And once I started saying I get signs and I learned this from Lindsay a few a few weeks ago, too. And you in the class have said once you acknowledge it or you acknowledge that nugget, Mm -hmm. then you get more. And so I, I've always felt him right next to me and I know he's here in spirit, but I need that validation or the signs to really feel it. And so now I get them a lot. I see, um, anytime my, my boss comes in to sit and talk with me, there will be a floater come down and and I'm, and that started shortly after he was, he had passed and I would pick at them. And then I realized it was Tom. And even when we were on the phone the other day and her son was going, is going through a medical issue. And I said, Heather, every time we talk something serious, Tom is here. I don't get it, but that's one of my signs is this piece floating down. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of signs. I love them and I never want them to go away. <laughs> yeah. Rita, um, one of the things that uh, the angels do sometimes is impress upon my heart certain questions to ask certain people. And one of the questions that's come back to me three times as you've been talking yeah. is um, they keep showing me how some people have large families and some people don't. And when we lose somebody unexpectedly, like you lost Tom unexpectedly, sometimes like to Lindsay's point before, you don't even know what you're going to need because it changes minute to minute, sometimes second to second. But what can other people do 
to help or if you are a person who've lost somebody and you're going through that grief, what Spirit was saying to ask you, or maybe you can talk about this with folks is, what can people ask for? Or did you have to learn how to ask for help? Yeah, I did, but I didn't do it very well. Yeah, I did. I had to ask for a grief support group. And then I just put it out on Facebook and someone from the community said, I'll start one. And I didn't know them. Um, So that, yes, I had to ask for that. I developed a new friendship with a person who's in this, um, in our angel membership. And she had lost a mom and a, a brother. And we have bonded and made such good friends going through not just the loss, but the awakening together mm-hmm. has really helped me. Yeah. Knowing my friends, maybe the circle that you're with might change. And just to be aware of that, that there are other people out there that you might not have realized would be supportive. Yeah. And they are. And Lindsay, I don't know if you want to talk about this, but you mentioned that to me before, too. Like your circle really shifted. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, one of the people I thought was like one of my closest friends um, who actually has been through this, but um, definitely didn't go through an awakening as a result. Um, If anything, I think she shut herself down more, but um, she, she fell out of my circle. And then I've had people I've I know that my husband's brought new relationships into my path. um, Absolutely. That, um, you know, have been really important to my awakening and um, helped deepen just my openness and connection in general. Um, And then I've had people show up that I would never have expected, like people that I was friends with, but just doing things that just were, amazing, you know, and I think some um, examples of that. I'm going to. So, um, and I, uh, Carol and Rita might have examples like this too. I think like one of the things that for me that really like resonated was, um, people doing something just like surprising you and doing something like totally unexpected. Like one of my friends drove 45 minutes. She knew I was like out with another friend for my birthday, but she knew it was going to be a tough day for me. So she drove 45 minutes to literally drop a present off on my porch, wave at my security camera, and then drive back into the city. Like, you know, I mean, that's, And she's somebody who's consistently shown up. Like she offered to go on a trip with me that like my husband, you know, would have always gone every year with me. Like, so that, you know, and it was awesome because it like, it was a different enough experience that it was healthy for me, but it was a similar enough experience that it was healthy for me, if that makes sense. Like, because you kind of like for me, like, and I know Rita, you just mentioned this too. Like we hiked every year together and that was a huge part. We would go on like really extreme hikes together. And so number one, there's not that many people in my friend group that would raise their hand to sign up to do that. Um, but um, number two, like, you know, it's just, it's something that was deeply personal to us, you know? So I knew I needed to do it, but I knew it had to look different than, the way we'd done it before. Um, and you know, she was a a gamer to do that. So I think just like taking a look at like 
those day, those things like that are going to be tough, you know, like new year's is another one. Like we always went next level for new year's. Like, so I've had people like step up and be like, you know, let's do this. And let, you know, like, so like, I would say like, if somebody close to you lost their spouse, taking a look at those things that, you know, they always did together or, you know, that were really important that really like were, you know, pinnacle in their relationship and then stepping up in those times. And it's not necessarily just during the holidays, you know, even just like some of my um, friends that I didn't realize like loved me as much as they have shown they do like, you know, sending me messages or dropping off a gift, like on the anniversary of his passing and stuff that like, it's like, whoa, you know, just feeling that level of love is just makes you want to stay, you know, makes you want to put one foot in front of the other. It makes you, you know, appreciate um, all the gifts that you have. And then entering into that state of gratitude actually ends up making you more open for communication too. So it's kind of it builds, you know. Does it help when somebody, because I know I have people around me who are very closed off, shy people, and it's hard to kind of know how to approach them. And then I have some people in my life who um, I know I could call up and just go over and spend hours at their house. Is it better for somebody to approach a person who's grieving, a friend who's grieving, a family member and just say, I don't I don't know where you're at, but I'm thinking this. And if you want this or if you're thinking something else, you know, I'm just here. What's the best way to approach somebody? Because um, just have different personalities too. But it's so like, um, it's so hard because there are some folks who, and I've seen this, won't say anything to somebody who's lost somebody. And I feel like there's just this awkwardness with that and this total, it's just a weird energy. It is. And you almost, it almost makes you feel more alone, more abandoned. Like I would say, I mean, I'll, you know, obviously I only speak from my vantage point, but um, for me, those, like those friends who maybe like, aren't sure how to approach it, or I'm not like, haven't been his close to them, like just sending me like a text message or a Facebook message, like thinking about you, sending you love today. How are you doing? You know, just those touch points if it's somebody you're not, you know, don't have as, you know, strong of a relationship with, but it does make a difference because feeling abandoned, like snowballs things, you know? So just like acknowledging, you know, and, and showing your love, even if it is just like a text message. Yeah. That's my opinion. I don't know, Frida, Carol, you guys feel different. It's hard not seeing Carol's expression. (laughs) I am. I totally agree with you. I, I, we've talked about this, the, um, Lindsay and Rita and I a little bit, you know, people really, we don't, we haven't been socialized well in our society of how to handle grief, how to um, speak to somebody who is grieving. And I understand that people um, mean well, but what I would say for me, I think one of the most important pieces of um helpful information is not so much for the grieving person, but for the people around them. And that is don't have the expectations that they're going to be the same person because the truth of the matter is I'm not the same person and I'm never going to be that same person. And now with time, I follow that up with, and I'm so glad I'm not the same person because I feel like if I was, then I would have had, I wouldn't have had any growth. 
And for me, this growth, I feel like I'm a better person today, if that makes any sense. And it gives the lost purpose. I completely agree with you, Carol. It gives the lost purpose, you know, like they didn't lose, you didn't lose them for no reason. Um, This, you know, helped you on your journey, your soul's journey and your collective journey together. So is that what you mean, Carol? Like it kind of, it is that what it means? Like um, what Lindsay said? Yes. I think when there's, I mean, I I don't know. I've gone through so many different ways. I think for me, there was this, at least it felt like an expectation from people that I was going to act the same, react the same, that after a certain amount of time, they could just sort of pretend like everything is okay and normal again, you know? And on the inside, sometimes I wanted to like scream and like crawl out of my skin because my life changed in an instant. Like Rita, mine was uh, very sudden, this loss. So I didn't have any of that sort of preparation time. And so it took me a long time too, Rita, um, to kind of get to uh, a place. Let me ask it this way, Carol. Sorry, uh, sorry to cut you off. You can finish your thought if you want to. No, go ahead. I'm wondering, you know, for children who are around you or, you know, like um, when you see your aunts and uncles go through this or somebody that you love, How do you respect that boundary? And what does that look like to just know that somebody is going to be different? And what would have helped you, Carol, to not feel like you just needed to yell or crawl out of your skin? What what would that have looked like to you? I think for me, I had some experiences um, with people who like, for instance, like the first uh, Christmas that came around. I would get some text messages from people very close to me. And it was more like, Merry Christmas. Hope you have a great day. And that just didn't do it for me. I was like, really? Like I, like Lindsay, appreciated the people that just would send a text or call or a note or whatever that just says, I'm thinking of you. Just acknowledging that the day could be hard. We're not looking for answers from anybody else. There is no right thing that you can say to us. There's nothing that you can really say that's going to make you feel better when you're in the throes of grief. But people just acknowledging that you are in that space and that you're hurting, that's what helped me. Carol, talk to us about your experience and... You know, you had kind of mentioned that your your loss was more like Rita's. How did you come to a place of, no, I still want to be here. I want to move forward. I want to have that growth. How did you come to that place? Well, it took a while. <laughs> I think, um, well, one thing I did uh, years ago, I had gone through a grief um did a certification to become a grief recovery specialist. So my partner and I, she had gone through the program too. She was one of my first guinea pigs that I practiced on. And so that meant a lot to us. And I, and I worked on that, but there was still something missing. And for me, um, we had both been interested. Um, We had been to a medium once before. For me, it was like, I just couldn't, I couldn't find something that just really, really resonated. And I just needed to communicate. We talked all the time. Like, Lindsay, 
We would have conversations in the middle of the night if we couldn't sleep. We talked about everything. We did all kinds of things together all the time. And I just couldn't bear the thought of not having that some sort of communication with her still. So honestly, for me, I'm going to sound like Rita now, but um, it was really, I found your podcast and um, it just like clicked for me. And then getting into the angel membership really allowed me to take the time to give to myself, to find things that were going to work for me and make me feel better. So I'm not saying this to like promote the membership in any way. I just had never realized that, you know, Rita, Carol, and I, we've never spoken about this before. We're talking about this fresh right here. Carol and Rita, what was it about the membership that kind of helped maybe the most? Um, I think, well, first of all, Julie, when I first listened to your podcast, there was and I think I did one of your, um, do you remember the Zooms you did around election time? I do. Yes. yes. Just hold and, the space for love. Yes. So I did those. And I remember um, just listening and watching you. And I thought your energy was just so like, I guess to use your word, was just so yummy. You just have this light about you. And it just in that moment, it just made me feel good. It made me feel comforted, comforted. And um, I thought, I really like her. And I think there's something to this. <laughs> so um, I just kept listening to your podcast. And then when the angel membership came around, I just think learning, because I, I really am new to a lot of this. I feel like now I can say I, I've always known I've had, you know, been intuitive. I, um, have believed in the other side and communication. I've been to a medium before, but I didn't know a lot of the language. I didn't know a lot about all the archangels and all of those things. So just learning um, from you and all of these different courses and practicing has just, it's really, it's changed my life. It just has changed my life. Thank you so much. I, I didn't really expect it to go this way. I just, um, I, this is amazing to hear and just such wonderful feedback to help me understand how to help others. Can I piggyback on that, Julie? Yeah. You were absolutely one of my tools in my toolbox that I mentioned earlier. Um, like when, because I've had a few times of like weekends, you know, I've been around people that, you know, kind of try to pull you back to that old energy, right? That, you know, kind of just the the everyday stuff that's not important, that doesn't resonate. And then you start, you're kind of spinning like that. To me, that's one of the things that's going to set me um, deep in my grief the worst is like things that just don't resonate with me anymore. And then I feel like lost, you know? Um, but anytime I'm trying to pull myself out of that, listening to the podcast reminds me of the truth and helps me get... So that's absolutely one of the tools in my toolbox. Wow. Thank you. And I'll just say that I had listened to the podcast from June until February and he had passed in April. so. I found you in June, listened until February, and then I joined the angel membership in March. Learning just what Carol said, learning all the different things that it, and I'm not intuitive, 
my daughter, I knew she was intuitive. Um, we wrote down three times that um, three different instances in her baby book when she was hardly, well, four, because when she was seven months old, she woke up and said the word shoe. Well, you're not even three times and you're not even supposed to be able to form words at seven months. So <laughs> that was bizarre. And then um, three other things. And the third one was her final one, which she knew that her grandma, who she had never even met or had met one time, her great grandma passed away. And she knew the moment it happened and shouted out, wow, um, she died. And unfortunately, we were with my other child who has Down syndrome and a heart. She had had open heart surgery and then she got septic or no, maybe she was septic beforehand. Anyway, we were in another town with her and Courtney was with her babysitter and her babysitter thought she meant Cassidy had died. And so she didn't ever, she didn't tell us until that next week when we went to get Courtney. And we said, Courtney won't be here on Tuesday. And she said, well, why? And we said, because her grandma died. And she said, that's what she meant. Wow. So I know that Tom believed, but he never believed in this stuff. He never understood the communication that could happen. Um, even though his higher self, I do believe, knew that he was going to pass that day. He didn't know, but his higher self did and kind of prepared me in different ways now looking back. But I know that he knows now it's real. And thank God, <laughs> because he communicates with me. There is just one thing I want to um, say that does help, and you have been doing it so gracefully. Lindsay and Carol and I talked um, one other day about things that trigger us. And one thing for me is when people say, so you've moved on? Mm -hmm. uh, heck no, or F no, I haven't <laughs> moved on. I'm moving. Nor will I be. <laughs> the best I can. And you've been saying moved forward this whole time. And that's all you can expect from anyone. Nobody moves on it. There's just a, a connotation that I get when people say that. And then I just leave that, that energy, <laughs> walk away from it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe because I might is... say something before I walk away, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, from the thousands of people that I've worked with, and I feel this even with the loss of my dad, you know, when you lose someone or, and you know, I love Lindsay because her and I have talked about this too. She's like, Julie, I took the word like passed away and died out of my vocabulary. Like I do not use those words or those terms because his energy is still here and he's always going to be here. Um, so what is, what's the term that you use, Lindsay? I actually use passed. I don't use, use died. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Transition, like to me, past and transitioned are pretty much the same vernacular. Yeah. I just feel like died, like they're like that's an end and there is no end. So, 
And, and like when people say, but he won't be here. And Lindsay explained that perfectly. Would you say that again, Lindsay? How that affects you when people say that? Oh, I just, I like, it really knocks me off because it's like, you know, they are here. They're absolutely here. And if it's like, usually the times that people say that to you are when you know they're a hundred percent going to be present because it's like something they would never have missed, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a monumental event. So um, no, yeah, they're absolutely there. And, you know, that's like, I don't know. I just, to me, those types of things are the per like, it's not like the there's malice behind the person that's saying it, but the end result of it is kind of to shut you down, right? When my energy resonates with opening myself up, because that's like, that's what, that is all that's important to me now. Like if, if I've learned nothing else than this, it is that, you know, the only thing that matters are, you know, is our interaction and our energy with each other. Um, regardless, this side, the other side, um, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. You know, our jobs don't matter. The things we stress about, the money, like none of that, all the things we think are so important. At the end of the day, when it all, when the chips fall, fall down, none of it matters. It's all about this. So that's why it's hard. Like we were talking about the reframing friendships. You know, when you, when that's your outlook, it does shift your friendships just naturally because what's important to you now is completely different. And to Carol's point, like you're never going to be the same because you've now seen that and you can't unsee it. Carol, can you tell us too? Because I'm so sorry. You know, here's what I want to do with this podcast. Um, I'm doing this thing here in January. We're in January 2022, where I'm going live every night at 7:30 on Instagram. Um, But I want to do this. I want to have each of you on separately because I kind of had this envision um, a little differently. And I know all of you. I didn't know what you brought up tonight, but I want to share more of your story. So um, I could have each one of you on individually as well throughout the year to really tell your entire story, because I know each one of you have so much within your story that shares hope and faith that's going to resonate with other people and that they need to hear that. But maybe if we leave everybody with the couple of things um, besides the angel membership that have totally helped you to really find peace. Carol, would you like to start? And maybe peace isn't the right word. For me, being able to remember the good and not dwell on all of the hardships that happened and of the like events of the actual passing Concentrating on the love, um, remembering the fun times and laughing. Uh, For me, I have conversations with her all the time. And um, I do feel like I hear words back from her um, often. And that gives me a great deal of peace. All the signs give me peace. And really just learning to be good to myself and not worry about trying to please others. I think People who don't know what to say to somebody who's grieving, they just kind of want it to sort of go away because they're uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I had to learn to just not worry about that and just do what I know I needed to do and feel how I was feeling. 
Um, and I had to basically be my, my own sort of cheerleader. So I'll give mine. Um, I would say for me, uh, meditation and journaling, which I've talked Mm. about a lot, um, for me being in nature too, um, I walk outside religiously. Um, if it's not sub zero, I'm outside and I use that time a lot of times to communicate. I mean, I'm communicating all day long, every minute of every day I'm communicating with Roger on something, but, um, uh, but I really like tune in when I'm outside, uh, whether I'm walking or, you know, on a hiking trip. And I guess the other thing I would add is, um, I, will frequently remind myself when I am in, you know, uh, a really deep uh, state of grief and, you know, trying to get out of the rabbit hole, that it is a sign of my gratitude of the gifts and signs that he's sending me to help keep myself higher vibration. That's how he would want me. I mean, I know that's how our significant others, all of us, um, they want us to be happy. And so I try to remind myself that, um, you know, he's giving me these gifts and it's a sign of appreciation of those gifts when I raise myself up. That's a very good point. I should say learning to be uh, gratitude is a big deal. And I've really been practicing that. And I can see how that makes a difference now. And I'm not sure I ever really totally got that before. Um, But gratitude, gratitude is everything. Mm -hmm. It can change the moment. Yes, it can. I would say some things that really helped other than Julie is um, being in nature gardening. Um, I've not gotten back into my hobbies of jewelry making or stained glass or, oh, I used to do everything, but um, eventually I will. My grief support group has really helped. And also I'm still in counseling. I did counseling every week for a year and now it's every other or sometimes we go a little longer, but that has helped. Making new friendships have helped. I don't communicate, or I should say, I don't have conversations with Tom all the time like you ladies do. And I wish I did more. I don't know why I don't. Um, I always think of him. Every moment of the day, I think of him. That's something I'm working on. I want to um, talk with him more. I have um, automatic writing. I have done that with him three times. And um, actually, he wrote the poem that is on his the bench part of his gravestone. And I did that through automatic writing. That was my very first time to communicate with him. And have Tom communicate back. So that's amazing. Yeah, it it was pretty, it was so bizarre. I'm like, really? Okay. (laughs) And it just all came out. So my way to communicate with him right now is through automatic writing, but I don't know why we've only, I've only done it three Um, I did it one time and I didn't even know it was automatic writing two weeks after he died. But looking back, that's exactly what it was. 
he helped me tell the story because it was during COVID and I couldn't uh, tell anyone. And I felt, I felt like shut down and I needed to get that out. And Tom helped me. That's about it. That was a, that's a lot of things that I do. It's not just one thing to get us moving forward, is it? And then the, the persistence of knowing where you are is not where you want to be the rest of your life. You have to move forward in, in, in order to find joy again. And I, I do feel like I'm finding joy again. And it's almost two years. Yeah, finding joy took me a while. That seemed like a strange concept to me. And I remember the first time when I went back to work and the first time I like really laughed, like laughed hard out loud, like natural reaction, not forced. And I, it almost startled me Mm -hmm. because I, and I can't really remember how many months it had been since, but I just remember in the moment going, oh my gosh, I just laughed like that. I felt joy for like 30 seconds. It's a big celebration. Someone just commented on a picture I put in Facebook because my, my niece is a WWE wrestler and they were in our town or in our state this weekend. And I put a a post on, on Facebook and she wrote back and said, your eyes look so beautiful. And I just wrote back and I said, I'm feeling joy again. So yeah. It's funny how people can see that, you know, I have a lot of people comment like on Roger and I's photos like that, you know, you can see like the happiness, just the way we looked at each other in the photos, like that all the photos are like that, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and how rare that is. But it's funny how people can see that. And isn't it funny too, like the simplicity of some of the things that like can break you out and like get, give you joy. Like, you know, Carol, what you're saying, like that you laughed at, like for me, sometimes it's like the simplest, probably stupidest things, you know, that like yeah bring you a few seconds of joy. And then it's like, I'm always so thankful when mm-hmm. I do get to do that, you know? Yes. And sometimes it's like things that are like, a funny reminder of, um, you know, like our significant other, like my husband always mixed up euphemisms. Like he like put two together that don't belong together. Like he was notorious for it. Like me and his kids always made fun of him for it. And today I was on a call and somebody was mentioning that their old boss did that. And they were giving examples. And I'm like, Oh my God, like the only other person that I know that did that was Roger. Like, and he was notorious for it, you know? <laughs> yeah, all those, all those like inside jokes that you have, you know, yeah. that I can laugh about I'll say something or do something and I'll be like, Oh my gosh. Cause it'll take me back to a memory and, yeah. and, and I can find joy in those moments now. Yeah. You know, and I think the other thing that's interesting too, and, and tell me if you both experienced this, but um, especially in the beginning, in the early months, it's amazing that you can feel so sad, so deeply sad. And maybe there is, one little piece of, of joy or you get a, a piece of good news from somebody or something that you can feel so sad and for a moment happy at the exact same moment. Totally. Totally. I mean, honestly, even in the context for me of the person's passing. So since Roger was sick, 
like I felt joy of him being released from his body that was holding him mm. back that didn't resonate with him. So I had, I was, I was, had true joy for that, but yet the most unbearable deep sadness at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when people would say to me, well, just think about all the good times and the good memories. And <laughs> well, again, in that the, help you <laughs> in the, in the early months, I thought, well, I mean, intellectually, I guess I understand that, but for every good memory I could come up with was still the gut punching, you know, reality of she's not here. And I feel like at the very beginning, like you're so numb that nothing really resonates, you know, it's only, it's only months or weeks later that you can look back and go, Oh my God, I must have just been a zombie. Oh, exactly. So how did I make it through? I know. Like, how did you drive? Like, how did you go in? Yeah. I, um, that's funny. I, uh, this past year I went to the same, my friend, I went to friends because it just was like, I needed something completely different for Thanksgiving. Um, cause we always had this like big, like seafood extravaganza, we'd call it. It was like what we always did for Thanksgiving. And so I needed to do something totally different. And so one of my friends and I've never gone to her house for the holidays, like she invited me over and I did that two years in a row. So like the, a month after his passing and then a year and a month after. And I literally was on the drive there this past year and like remembering the drive there the year before and like, Oh my God, like, how did I even like, I remember like all the numbness kind of came back to me. I could like feel it. And it was like, I like, I'm feel like a different person than I even was a year ago. And I was like, how did I even drive there? (laughs) So could you imagine not wanting to move forward or not being able to move forward from that point. You know, some people get stuck in that. I know. I know. Like what? So I've got a good friend of mine. She lost her husband and like her whole network. They're older, but like her whole network of friends, like all lost their spouses. And there's one of them who is, is like that. She's completely stuck. And um, just getting out of the house to go to the grocery store has been like, I mean, it took her over a year to get to that point that she could go to the store, you know? So, and then it's like, I don't like, you feel so bad because it's like, I just can't. Being in that darkness and that cloud and that illness for the, my, my longest one was like two and a half weeks. It was right before my anniversary, my very, my first anniversary, that is what propelled me forward. Okay. That night of my anniversary was not near as bad as the two weeks building up to it. Right. But once I got over it and I realized my first cloud opened, you know, like it wasn't so dark anymore, literally so foggy anymore the next day. And I was like, I never, ever, ever want to go back to the last two weeks. And then the next time when my, when it hit, you know, like right before his birthday, I was like, oh my God, no, no, I've got to find peace. I've got to find peace. And that time it maybe only lasted two or three days, 
But it was, again, that knowing I cannot be here. This cannot happen. I'm not sure I can make it out of that. Literally, I could not breathe through the crying for that two weeks. Yeah. I, I think totally that's a really good point, like not to let yourself get uh, anticipatory anxiety. Like, you, like yeah. for me, like if you create a buildup, you're going to have a buildup and then you're going to like go tanking down. If you stop yourself and put a different picture in your mind of what it's going to be versus this horrible day, that's going to be, you know, more than you can handle. Like you have to flip the script in your head, you know, and uh, shut yourself off from like creating that huge anticipation. Because like you said, it's like, the buildup's actually worse than the event itself, you know, but you have to like train yourself to shut that off. Yes. And I learned the difference between grief and mourning. My grief, that is my grief, that deep, dark sadness, the intense pain and, and unable to breathe sometimes when you're crying so hard And I choose not to grieve anymore. I mourn him, which means I celebrate his life now. And I'll mourn him the rest of my life. But mourning to me is not a deep, dark sadness. Mourning is a celebration of life. And I have to choose that. Love that. Carol was going to interject something in there. Carol, do you want to speak to that too? Oh, I just, I totally agree with Rita. Right before that, um, we were talking about um, the period of time when you're so numb and you're in shock. We were just talking about walking around like we're a zombie. And it is true, ladies. I I saw myself walking and talking, but I have no idea how I was doing it. The first time I drove the car to Lindsay, I was like, I don't know that this is safe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, and you can kind of drive somewhere and be like, wait, how did I get here? <laughs> yes. And it is foggy. It's very foggy. And and uh, I think, um, Julie, you said something early, too. The other thing I remember was, like, going to the grocery store, let's say, there was all this, like, noise and stimulation. And I felt like every part of my body was moving slow. My thoughts were slower. And I couldn't like keep up with the hustle and bustle around me. And it was, it was just, it was like being sort of like in an alternate universe or something. Yeah. It set like, for me, that set me into overwhelm too. I remember um, one of my friends just wanted to get me out of the house. This was really early on. And we just went to a store real quick and we're standing in line and I just had a total meltdown. And I'm like, I will see you in the car. <laughs> I like could not get out of there fast enough. I couldn't even like, it was like 15 minutes, but I couldn't do it. Well, and I, I think this brings us back to, to why it's so important just to be cognizant of what it is to just be a kind, loving human being. We could be in a state in our lives where everything is going perfect and we're driving, you know, just our kids to school and somebody in front of us is not going fast enough. Or, you know, to your point, Lindsay, somebody storms out of a store and the checkout person might feel like, oh, God, what did I do? 
nothing. It's not about you. And when we allow our frustrations to take over, sometimes we'll be in the car and my husband's like, can this person just like hurry it up, like crossing the street? And I'm like, you don't know where they're at in their life. What if they just had knee surgery? You know, like I'm always giving that person the benefit of the doubt. We just have to handle one another with so much more care and so much more love. Um, Okay, so I missed out for a second, but I was totally on Instagram talking to everybody about you all and the messages over here. And um, where are we at? Was there is there anything else coming to you um, that you want to share with everybody listening? I'm just so grateful for you all. And that's the reason I joined the community. Like, I mean, it is for that. Like, you know, right, that the people are going to resonate with you and um, you don't have to dig to find your people. Like, like we were talking about in our small group yesterday, like you found your tribe, right? I mean, just inherently, you know, these people are going to get it. Yeah. Sorry, Carol, did I interrupt you? No, that's okay. And that makes all the difference. When the three of us had our last Zoom together, It was so nice. I remember getting off and thinking, gosh, it was so nice to talk to people who just get it and you don't even have to explain it so thoroughly, you know, and that that gives such great comfort as well. Makes a big difference. What the angels are impressing upon me to share is you guys aren't going, you ladies aren't going anywhere. You're here. If other people want to join with you, they come into the angel membership. We can connect everybody and get everybody set up so that they have that community and that support too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yay. I love that. Ladies, thank you so much. Um, I just love each one of you and your energy so much and your just willingness to be open and come on here and just share with others. Um, I've talked to each of you individually and I know that having you each on the podcast separately to really share your stories. And also you've all done these incredible, amazing things and you have so much more to share than we could share today. Um, So I hope that we can do that as well. Friends, thank you for being here. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Julie. Of course. To everybody listening, thank you so much for being here. Definitely uh, connect with us uh, through the website, the contact form, if you'd like more information or to get connected with Carol, Lindsay, and Rita. Thanks, everybody, so much. Beautiful souls, did you know that you can book a discovery call with me personally to talk to you about the angel membership, about the angel Reiki school to help you decide which is right for you? If you want to book one of these discovery calls with me, what you can do is go on over to theangelmedium.com, go to the monthly membership tab, And then look at the very top. You're going to see a button that says book a discovery call. Click on that, book your time, and I will meet with you to decide and help you work through which program is right for you. Friends, thank you so much for being here today, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. What we have next for you is a mini meditation to help you set the tone and the energy for the rest of your day. And don't forget to start each morning with a 31-day angel success formula. 
Those are the 31 free episodes that we just aired in January 2022. Thanks again, friends. Now, I hope you enjoy this mini healing meditation. As you do this meditation, you'll raise your vibration and the vibration of the planet. Friends, what I want you to do is to just get into a relaxed position. If you are driving, operating machinery, need to concentrate, then this meditation is not for you. But anyone who is able to focus their attention on it, please join me. Friends, I want you to start by taking a deep breath in and a deep breath out. And I want you to imagine that your socks, your shoes are off and that your bare feet are able to connect with the soil of the earth. And down through the bottom, the soles of your feet are these large roots that go down far and wide into the earth. Those roots go down far and wide, anchoring you into the earth as if you were a tree yourself. those roots comes this beautiful, yummy, tingly energy, begins to tingle at the tip of your toes. I want you to allow this yummy, tingly energy to just dance up over your feet, around your ankles. Feel this yummy, tingly energy as it moves up over your calves, your shins the way up to your knees. Feel this energy at your knees and allow it to move up the thighs, the hamstrings, all the way up to the sides of the hips. I want you to allow this energy to move from up to the base of your spine, the base of your stomach. And I want you to feel this energy as it climbs up the spine and the stomach all the way up until it reaches your heart. As you feel this yummy, tingly, sparkly energy surrounding the outside of your heart, filling the inside of your heart. Notice how your entire body comes into a gentle state of ease. Allow this energy to move up into the shoulders, into the neck. Feel it as it fills your entire head front to back, side to side, top to bottom. And then feel this energy as it moves through the hair follicles on the top of your head so that you feel this yummy tingliness two inches to ten feet or higher above the top of your head. Friends, you might feel like there's a string above your head lifting you up towards the sky. You might feel an airy floatiness. You might feel an expansive spaciousness. 
what I want you to do from here is imagine that there is this large opening at the crown of your head. It's the size of a cereal bowl, right? And I want you to imagine that it extends upwards towards heaven and that God sends this loving, peace-filled oneness energy. It's love, it's joy, it's peace, it's bliss, it's ease, it's grace. And God just sends this energy through the crown of your head. It moves through your head, down through your neck, down through your shoulders, and it starts to pool. This God energy starts to pool around your heart, within your heart. And I just want you to feel that for a moment. And I want you to just tap in and notice. I want you to notice that your heart, your physical heart, is one with your body. And I want you to notice that your heart and your body are one with the air surrounding you. that your heart, your body, the air surrounding you are one with all life here on earth, all plants, all people, all animals, all life on earth. And now notice how your heart, body, air surrounding you, all life here on earth everything, everywhere. Friends, did you notice how your body got more expansive, your energy got more expansive, and you could feel out into your auric field, you could feel out into the energy of the world, into the energy of everything, everywhere. Friends, that is oneness, and you can carry oneness with you in your every day. I don't want you to stop here. I don't want you to open up your eyes. I want you to continue this meditation and to see that surrounding you are angels. You have guardian angels around you. You have cherub angels holding the space open for you to get into oneness at any time. You have archangels working with you in every area of your life. You have loved ones on the other side. See them. See them in detail, friends, because you seeing them in detail is the exact same thing as you going to them on the other side, knocking on their door, asking them to spend time with you. They love you so incredibly much. They want to spend time with you. They want to develop that relationship with you. When they're there, you're here. I know it's different, but you can still have that beautiful, incredible relationship. All of these beings, your angels, your guides, your loved ones on the other side, they form your spirit team who's always working to guide you, direct you, protect you. 
friends, what I want you to do is just take some time with them right here, right now. What they want you to know is that they are working with you all the time. What they want you to know is that they are sending you signs and symbols to show you that they're next to you. Friends, they ask you to see that they are bringing in gift after gift after gift through your heart chakra to bless your life with miracles. Friends, it's your job to remain open, to believe, and to trust that they are working miracles in your life. Friends, I love you. They love you so incredibly much. Stay open and know, believe, trust, have faith, know like you know like you know that they are working with you always. See you here next time. Have a blessed day.